Hey everyone, welcome to episode four of Ken's Nearest Neighbors, the podcast where I bring in fascinating people from my world to talk about life, data science, sports analytics, content creation, and much, much more. I'm your host, Ken G. And this episode of Ken's Nearest Neighbors is brought to you by 365 Data Science. We'll hear more about them later. Today, I have a very special guest. He's one of my friends, Jamin. He recently graduated from an undergraduate program in data science, and I thought it'd be really cool for him to come on and talk about his experience with that and his experience with finding a job after one of those programs. So Jamin also has a YouTube channel called Import Data. I recommend going to check that out. He has a lot of experience-related videos and also some projects there. So Jamin, did I miss anything with your background? I'm happy to... Uh, kind of turn the floor over to you to, to expand on, on yourself a little bit. No, I don't think you missed anything. Um, I guess I graduated, but I don't really, I don't really feel like I graduated because there was no ceremony because of these, um, the pandemic situation. Yeah. But, um, that's okay. Um, yeah, other than that, thanks for, thanks Ken for giving me an opportunity to speak to your viewers. Yeah, no problem. I, I think you have a really unique perspective and I'm, and I'm happy to be able to, to share that with some other people. So, you know, the first thing that I'd like to ask, I know you came actually from a CS major and you changed your major into data science. So what, mm -hmm. what was kind of your thought process there? Um, right. And, you know, do you, in the longer term, did you find that that was a good decision? Would it not really have made a difference? What, what was your feeling about that? Right. So, um, so up until the first semester of my third year in college, I, I was actually a CS major, like you said. But during that semester, I got into stock trading and I studied like um, how to read charts and, you know, those indicators and, you know, some of the variables that affect stock prices. Um, and I came across the field of predictive analytics, analytics, where you can use the history of data to predict stock prices. And then I found out, found out about the, um, the data science field where you can um, turn raw data into something meaningful. Um, so I researched more about the field and I found out that it's an interdisciplinary field of CS, stats, and business. And I was trying to, um, I guess I was trying to minor in stats at the time, but then they actually, my, my school actually announced that they're going to have an undergraduate data science program the following semester, which was perfect timing for me. So then I decided to switch my major from CS to data science. And... Um, yeah, I probably would have minored in, minored in stats if, I, if they didn't have data science program, but that would have probably delayed my graduation by a semester or two. So everything worked out perfectly fine for me. Awesome. It seems like, you know, that type of degree really spoke mm -hmm. to your specific interests. And I think that that's right. really important. Like for me, when you're in school, you should be studying things that are relevant for your career but also that are most interesting to you. You know, for example, I think that, I would probably argue that a, a, a DS undergrad or a CS undergrad would probably have very similar, um, similar opportunities. Right. Exactly. But at the same time, you were probably able to get better opportunities through your DS undergrad because you were more engaged in the coursework. You probably tried quite a bit harder uh, in that degree path. So, you know, for right. anyone watching, I think it's just as much about the effort you put in um, and that's tied to like, if you're interested in what you're studying genuinely. So, you know, you know, with that being said about like the coursework, what, what did, what did, uh, you know, what mm -hmm. type of classes were involved in that? 
what did that structure actually look like? And right. do you know if that's pretty uniform across the board or is that fairly different at different universities? Right. So I researched about like, you know, Bachelor of Data Science program in the, in the U.S. And I found out that there's about like 60 colleges that have wow, that's a lot. data science programs. Yeah. Obviously, I'm assuming they'd be different depending on the school. But um, um, like I mentioned, it, I, from my experience, it was a combination of CS, stats, and math. And yeah, um, all the CS and math or stats classes were very helpful to me because they were um, project-based. So um, I feel like I learned a lot from um, those classes. I feel like I gained practical skills. But um, for the math, math courses, I had to take a couple of um, proof-based classes that math majors take, but I didn't really find them useful at all. So instead of those classes, I wish they had a course where you learn about how you can um, incorporate or apply data science into like a business. Let's say like a course where you can learn how to apply data science into the music industry or sports or you know automobile, etc. So that would have been amazing probably for me. Um, however, you know. It doesn't really, you know, you can't really, you don't really have a, have a control over the courses the you take from the university. Yeah. Right, um, right. <laughs> so, it, like, more specifically, like, what courses for math did you take? What programming courses did you take? Like, for example, in my CS degree, I took, um, hmm. like, algorithms, two, two courses on those, data structures, discrete math. Uh, yeah. I had to take, like, a, a software engineering, like, design principles course. And then I took a bunch of electives on like Monte Carlo simulation and those types of things. And then like a couple deep learning courses, um, you know, what kind of, for just to give some context, what type of courses you don't have to go through all of them, but what were like the relevant programming ones and the relevant math yeah. ones? So from the CS side, I took uh, basic programming classes in C++ and Java. Um, they were object oriented programming classes. And I also took data structures and algorithms. Um, discrete math and machine learning, deep learning, and big data. And from the stats side, they were more focused on you know probability and statistics, where you learn about different distributions and you know all different um, statistical statistical tests. And from the math side, I remember taking um, all those calculus classes, linear algebra, and some of the um, upper level proof based classes that, like I said, they didn't find really useful. <laughs> Well, you know, I think that that's like a fairly robust, um, you know, course load. I like that they had you taking like very legitimate computer science courses, not like right. a data science version of the computer science course. I think mm -hmm. that that's something that you see in quite a few programs. And I don't know if I'd really recommend that. I think like, yeah, as a data scientist, you have to do like legitimate software engineering sometimes. Exactly. Um, and it's good that they actually included you with you know, the computer science majors, whatever that might be. Um, mm -hmm. for, for people watching again, like, I think that that's a, a good quality of uh, one of these, uh, you know, undergraduate data science programs. If they do lump you in with CS students sometimes and with math majors sometimes, exactly. that's a mm -hmm. positive thing in my book. So, right. um, you know, when looking for jobs after, you know, mm -hmm. after uh, going through this degree, graduating as one of the first people, I think you were in the first cohort, you said, with a right. DS undergrad degree. Uh, how did mm -hmm. employers respond to that? Were they surprised? Did they know even what to think? What What was kind of that conversation like? Right, so in terms of the degree, they, they didn't really, I remember them specifically talking about the degree, 
but um, I guess all the companies that I interviewed were impressed with the courses I took. Um, I guess that's why they would want to um, interview me, right? <laughs> um, but um, during the interview with the company I um, got the position from, they specifically mentioned that they're moving towards um, applying AI and machine learning to make better decisions in their business. Um, and one of the employers that I interviewed with actually told me that he was impressed with the AI-related classes that I took. So not so much about the degree, but the coursework. They were impressed with it. That's that's actually really, really valuable information, in my opinion. I mean, mm -hmm. if you're, you know, let's say your school doesn't have a, a DS undergrad degree, right? But you have a, electives as an undergrad. If you take courses that are, you know, relevant to the positions you're applying to, definitely include mm -hmm. them on your resume and that can help so much in, in your actual process there. Absolutely. Right. So that, I mean, that's something I haven't even really touched on in my resume series or any of those things. Um, mm -hmm. that, that's something I'm definitely going to start, you know, pushing a bit more going forward is making sure you have that, um, that, right. um, that understanding. So, you know, we, we've kind of gone from what the school is like to actually the job process now. I'd love to hear about, you know, how you landed your role um, and what really helped you the most when you were going through this process to, to, to get a job. Right. So um, let's see. Uh, like I said, I'm an international student, so I, I wanted to be an early applicant. So when I was job hunting, I downloaded all those job post um, applications like Indeed, Glassdoor, and LinkedIn. And I sent notifications to notify me when, whenever there was a new job posted. Um, so um, I would, you know, I would quickly check and go through their job descriptions and their requirements. And if they found me like I would be a good fit for them, I would, you know, save them and apply later. Um, and um, what helped me in getting a position? I, I highly recommend getting, you know, I'm asking for referrals. I think referrals is the best way to, to um, get your, what is, what is it? Get your resume to the top of the list. Um, you know, I applied to around 200 jobs and got about five callbacks. And out of those, I only got three interviews. And I ended up, ended up getting a job where I applied through the referral. So, um, Definitely applying to many jobs doesn't really help. It, I thought it would higher the chance of me getting a job, but it didn't work at all. <laughs> how, how many jobs did you apply for uh, huh. with referrals? Just just one, and I got I ended up getting that position. Well, so yeah, I mean, yeah. that, there's an interesting uh, conversion right there. I mean, obviously, right. very small sample on the ones you were referred with, mm -hmm. but you know, you're batting a hundred percent with your referrals right. and. <laughs> Just to get the interview, you're you're only looking at uh, one and a half percent if you send out two hundred, um, two hundred applications, or even even one percent if you include the the referral there. So, you know, for right. perspective, for I mean, that is night and day, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. Other than other than referrals, I'm sure you're tired of hearing hearing this, but your YouTube channel helped me a lot. Thank um, you. Learning from you. <laughs> about um you know how to prepare for interviews and you know what i should put the types of projects i should put on my resume definitely guided me, guided me in the right direction i feel like and other than that i think the courses i took from my um my college actually helped me navigate through um technical process of interviews 
Very cool. And so I'd love to hear more about, you know, obviously I am like probably the biggest proponent of data science projects on YouTube. Um, oh. I'd love to hear about your projects that, you know, helped you land those roles, but also about, you know, what your projects are, you know, continuing to do, because I think, again, that's the best way to continue your learning here. Exactly. So on my resume, I showcase um, regression, classification, clustering, and a deep learning project. Um, you know, half of them were in Python, and the other half were, were in, in R, because um, some of the stats courses I took were focused on R rather than Python. So I think that helped me in getting a job as well. Um, also, I did the projects in um, SQL where I um, where I could showcase my understanding of um, in infrastructure. Just a reminder that this episode of Ken's Nearest Neighbors is brought to you by 365 Data Science. If you're looking to get started with data science learning, 365 Data Science has you covered. Their program has taught more than 500,000 people around the world Python, SQL, statistics, machine learning, and more. I personally made a course in collaboration with them about how to break into the data science job market. You can get an additional discount on their program up to 47% off by going to 365datascience.com slash KNN. That's 365datascience.com slash KNN. Now back to the podcast. Awesome. Well, you know, that's something and, that yeah. I haven't actually necessarily recommended yet in the form of a project, but being able to either scrape data or get data, actually put it into a database and then make your data science project from querying from that database is right. probably like one of the most valuable projects. I kind of, I don't think on this channel, I talk enough about how important a SQL is. Mm. And, um, you know, SQL, some data scientists, I would say most data scientists use it as much as Python, if not more. So oh, yeah. I think that that's like a huge, um, I wouldn't say necessarily oversight on my part, but that's something I need to talk about quite a bit more. Right. And I guess on my channel, I'm um, diving deeper into, you know, machine learning tutorials. I'm trying to do, you know, classification, all the algorithms and classifications, regressions, and clustering. Uh, and I'm planning on to do deep learning projects as well. Awesome. Well, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear more about your YouTube channel, like the kind of vision that you have there. And, you know, I obviously enjoyed making a YouTube channel. I'd almost recommend it to, to anyone that, that has, uh, yeah. you know, like the stomach for it. Do you think that mm -hmm. that's like a good path to take or are there other different ways that you can communicate these things? Right. So um, first I created my channel to um, share my story on how I was able to land a job or entry-level data science position without any um, advanced degrees. Um, so um, other than that, I also talk about tutorials and I also share my experience as an international student and trying to, I'm planning to give some tips for incoming and um, current international students here in the U.S. as well. Awesome. Um, yeah, so in terms of making a channel, YouTube channel, if if time allows, I think I highly recommend making it because, you know, to make a video, you have to gather information on a specific topic you want to talk about. And, you know, that process definitely helps you, actually helps you learn, I feel like. You know, um, yesterday I actually watched a panel discussion between you, Shannon, and Code Basics. And I think Shannon mentioned that um, the 
the best way to learn is to teach, right? Yep. So, yeah. So making YouTube is, I feel like it's just like teaching. You're trying, you're conveying your um, information and knowledge to your audience. And, you know, to do that, you have to make your, make that information completely yours. And like, for instance, I made a video on how to deploy a model in Flask and how to turn that into a web application. And I've never done that before, but um, I had to go, I had to went back and learn about the technology and to the level where I was, I feel, I felt comfortable to talk about in my video. So, you know, that process is definitely helpful in gaining practical skills. And obviously, um, I, I'm very introverted and I still have a hard time, um, you know, recording myself in, in front of the camera. But um, if you feel like that, alternatively, you can probably like uh, probably write a blog post on Medium and share them on LinkedIn um, to make it public. So, yeah, there's also those um, options as well. Awesome. And, you know, the panel you mentioned, I'll link it above and below. I'll also link to, to Jamin's channel here. I think that there's a lot of really useful resources related to any of these topics, uh, you know, on your channel. So, you know, I, I agree. I think that any different ways that you can share content or that you can share your work is really beneficial. You know, there's there's different benefits of sharing YouTube videos or blog posts than just sharing your GitHub portfolio. So when you share a blog, you show that you actually have like writing ability that you can tell a story that you can do some of these soft skills and mm. or same thing with a video you can share that you can communicate clearly whatever that might be and those are things that are really really hard to pick up from a resume you know I, I say this all the time but like you don't want to tell people that you're a good communicator you don't want to tell people that you're motivated or hardworking. Right. Um, you know that just doesn't necessarily come off very well doesn't show anything if, right exactly but if you if mm -hmm. they see that you've written a, a medium post or they see that you've made a video on youtube and you're clearly articulating a, a couple different topics that's mm -hmm. one less you know one more reason to actually uh to consider putting you through the next round or anything like like they just have a little bit more uh insight into who you are than any other candidate right if someone googles exactly. my name my videos yeah. come up and you know, I, I very few other candidates for any position stand out exactly, um, right? And that's what what this process is: is making these uh, recruiters, making these managers, ma making you stick out in their mind compared to other people. Um, you know, I'd love for for recruiting to be completely fair based on what your capabilities are as a data scientist, but frankly, the world doesn't necessarily work like that, and you really have to right. do you know, whatever you can to really put your best foot forward and to, to latch on in, in someone's memory in that way. So again, mm -hmm. I don't think everyone has to go out and make a YouTube channel, but, but you guys should right. be creative <laughs> about uh, how you convey that information. So, um, right. you know, those are, those are really all the questions, uh, the main things that I wanted to, to focus on with you. Do you have any kind of uh, any last words, any, anything else you'd like to share? Um, um, no, uh, thanks for having me and make sure to like and subscribe to, to Ken's channel. <laughs> you know, a lot of people just watch them, but not really, you know, smash the like button, but it doesn't really cost anything. So make sure to like this video. Um, and if you guys have any, any questions, um, feel, um, feel free to reach out to me via YouTube, um, LinkedIn or Twitter. I'm happy to 
answer some of the questions you might have. You may have. Awesome stuff. And definitely tech, uh, check out Import Data, Jamin's YouTube channel as well. Uh, he's been growing really fast. You know, his channel is actually growing a lot faster than mine did, mine did when I when I started. So, um, for real? <laughs> yeah, oh, way faster, man. So, th thanks again for coming on. I, I think this will be so so useful to a lot of people.